The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Welcome to Passion, a show about love, sex, and relationships. After 10.15, the Passion View, that's when the ladies gather around here and we talk about all kinds of things. Uh, Some of the stuff we'll be talking about. The dreaded line, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And a McLean's Magazine article that encourages women to at least talk about their regrets having children. Bizarre. We'll talk about that as well. And why does that, can bad sleep damage your relationship? I'll be joined by Erica Diamond, Daniel Beznos, and Paris Mansori. Plus, we'll go live on Facebook on the CJD 800 Facebook page. You can watch, interact with us, etc. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. You can choose to email me as well uh, anytime during the week, Lori at drlori.com. All right, a couple of questions here by email. I am a 21-year-old virgin, young man, and when I watch porn, I am not as interested with it as much as I have been when I was younger. The same goes for other movies that might interest people, in particular the movie series Fast and the Furious. I tend to be bored, and I feel like, in a way, all movies tend to be the same, including porn, which leads to my concern. Am I desensitized? And if so, how do I get that sensitivity back? So interesting that you mentioned Fast and Furious, because I often make that analogy between porn and this in terms of real life. It's like you don't learn how to drive a car by watching the Fast and the Furious, and you don't learn how to have sex by watching porn. Both of those are fantasy based, albeit in different realms of life, but they're still uh, fantasy based. And as a society, I think we get desensitized to a lot of stuff. And it's certainly not unusual to get desensitized to anything when you watch it over and over and over again. And I think this is one of the reasons that People find themselves searching, uh, especially online and on porn, for more and more of the extreme stuff. So extreme porn, uh, just to get the same level of arousal as previously. Uh, Just like if you saw a movie that was even more violent or more, had even more um, risky stuff or what have you, it might trigger that arousal again. To me, that set can create that can create a whole new set of problems. So, uh, and that in in terms of even maybe possibly addiction, depending on other things that are going on uh, in your life. But if you want to really to have a healthy sex life, especially when you're going to be with a partner, I say in this situation, knowing that you. Um, that you get desensitized like that is to stop watching altogether 
for a while. Like really, just there's a, a whole movement called the the no fap movement, basically, where they encourage men or they challenge men to even stop masturbating for a while and stop uh, watching porn and get your brain to go back to its previous state, basically. Um, and that's uh, it. Also, can create problems when. Um, you get into a relationship and a, a human being next to you isn't enough to arouse you. Imagine being in that situation where you're so, your brain is so used to the bombardment of uh, intense stimulation, because all this stuff does trigger chemicals in your brain, that even being with a live person doesn't do it enough. You don't want to get yourself into that uh, into that situation. So try and just develop maybe a, a richer fantasy life, create stories in your head rather than depending on all the imagery and and frankly the bombardment of imagery that you get. So this is another question by email. Um, I've been trying to research, but unfortunately come up unsatisfied with this question. Why and how do foot fetishes occur? I understand that a lot of people, including myself, find themselves enthralled with feet from a young age. But why does this occur and how does it occur? And why do people have specific preferences with feet? So one of my colleagues uh, by the name of uh, uh, Gonzalo Zanino, Dr. Zanino, uh, with another colleague, wrote an article, wrote an article for one of the websites that I manage, um, a sexual wellness website, about fetishes. And based from a science perspective, it's called Fetishes, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And I'm just going to read you a part of it because I pulled it up so I could share this with you. Uh, And I think it pretty much sums it up. Based on principles of learning, fetishes are believed to be the product of early and rewarding sexual experiences being associated with other objects, practices, or particular areas of the body that are not necessarily sexual. As for early imprinting, Uh, because this is another hypothesis, there are a few interesting points to note. We know from animal studies that sexual preferences are heavily influenced by early experiences. Foot fetishes are one of the most common fetishes that people report. Uh, One potential reason for this is that the brain region where our sensory and motor information of feet is represented is really close to the region where the genitals are represented. represented. Uh, Because they are close to each other, it is quite possible that foreplay, including feet rubbing or suckling, sucking and sexual stimulation, could potentially establish neural connections between these two regions more easily than other parts of the body. And that's the first I'd ever heard of that in terms of um, of it being really a brain thing and why it, why the feet, like foot fetish, foot fetish, the foot fetish is the most common uh, fetish out there. So it would kind of make sense that it's... Um, connected somewhere in the brain close by, and then ma- that connection gets made with uh, with sexuality. So those are just a couple of explanations uh, to do with that. All right, one last question. Uh, my penis, when erect, does not go straight up. It goes to the right. Is there something 
uh, wrong with me. So this question comes up rather frequently, I would say, in terms of what the penis looks like. And it, it's, it's, it's interesting that often men don't quite know, and I guess they don't know who to speak to, and I guess they compare themselves to what they see in pornography. Uh, so they think, oh, wait a second, mine doesn't look like that. Mine isn't as big as that. Mine doesn't go straight up like that, and all of these things. And so without having anyone else to compare to, like real people, uh, or to ask, they often wonder, is this uh, is this normal? So the, the answer is yes, it's uh, perfectly normal. Um, a lot of men have penises that go to the right, go to the left. It's different than a kink or a bend in it that would make it make an erection um, difficult or painful. In that case, that's a different story, and that would mean that there's either scar tissue or there's been an injury or something that has happened, and in that case, you do need to see uh, a specialist for that. Relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. It is the Passion View tonight on the program. Very excited to have my gang here. For some reason, we can't go. Uh, we're going live on Facebook, but people are getting another feed. Let us know when you're on there, if you're hearing us or not hearing us, or else what you could do is put your uh, radio on and watch at the same time. There you go. Uh, joining us in studio, we've got Erica Diamond. So excited to have you on the show for the very first time. What took us so long? I don't know, but I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. So better late than never. That's right. She is the founder of WomenOnTheFence.com. She's a life coach, a yoga teacher. She's a, a lifestyle and parenting correspondent on Global TV. I'm sure you've seen her here, there, and everywhere. Uh, we have Dania Beznos, the uh, original creator of The Passion View, of course. She's here and one of my very, very close friends. And Paris Mansouri, who is our CJD 800 contributor, producer, fill-in host, and does so much more. So welcome, uh, welcome all to the program. So excited to have you here. All right. I want to get right into it now. Valentine's Day is coming. So talk of love is kind of around, right? I have a pet peeve when it comes to a particular statement. And I don't know if you, any of you have ever heard it in your lifetime, although I'm sure some have, or you've maybe spoken to others who have heard that and said, what does that mean? The line is, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. You ever heard that? Is that not to it me bugs me. Okay, <laughs> but I've heard it. Yes, and yes. I, I want to know what everybody makes of this. Paris, you're like the single one around here. Uh -huh. um, have you ever heard that line? Have you ever said that line? <laughs> it's more important. Have you ever said that line? No. No. No, I wouldn't stay. You you just would leave long before that would even become an issue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I hear this from people who are in long, often in like, lo, let's say longer term relationships and they're like, oh, you know, it's not there. Like, I love you. Like I do a friend and what have you, but I'm not in love with you. And I'm like, don't you know that love changes? Like these statements to me, it's a very immature kind of statement. 
Erica, what do you think? Well, I think it's it the context matters. So to me, if you're a new couple dating, it's the good old blow off, in my opinion. It's someone who doesn't have balls to say, I don't like you and I want to break up with you. So maybe you're if you're in a relationship for six to eight months, you know, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And it's kind of a cop out answer to, to, to escape, right? Mm-hmm. Could for be. a new relationship. Yeah. I hear this in, you know, when you're I'm 43, I'm with my husband since I'm 19, wow. a long time. So you're right, love changes and evolves. But you know, the, in my in my not community, but a lot of people my age, I guess it's midlife, people wake up and they look at the person next to them. And maybe they think that or say that I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And you know, what exists for me out there? And maybe there's something yeah. else. And so and I think that's pretty complex. I think that's the problem. The problem is the beliefs that we have or the expectation that we have that we should always feel madly in love like right. we did or, at the beginning. Or at the beginning, you say in love, but it could also be in lust. And that, of course, changes over time when you're in a that's very right. long distance relation, long distance, long term relationship. Right. And you have to bring that in love lust back you know you have to work at that to bring it into the relationship it's not going to be there every day but you have to work at it to bring it back into the relationship to bring some of that passion back but you know when people say that um what really they're saying is i really i I care about you deeply i'm just not excited by you or excited about you or but how do you maintain that excitement about your partner over 30 years, 40 years. <laughs> like, yeah, you know them so well, but that that love gets so deep that it doesn't matter that you don't have, to me anyway, that you don't have that butterflies in your stomach and, and, and that kind of feeling. I don't know that you need the butterflies in your stomach, but sometimes, like in my case, I just think about something that I, that I really, really love about him, and it gives me that, like that parallel almost butterflies, the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, now I remember that's why good. I married him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do that good. when when something that's irritates good. me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you yeah. happen to have a very loving and supportive husband. I as do. Well. I do. I think it makes a difference if the partner that you have is is just going out of their is not being or does not acknowledge the just general general things or is just unappreciative or ungrateful or is just not a partner to you Mm -hmm. no matter how well you see them and no matter how much you want to love them sometimes they don't want to be loved i had that the first time around i was smarter the second time around i'm working on it paris is our single girl in studio erica's been married how long have you been married erica i got married in 2000 so i'm going on how many years is that we're just like 20 yeah yeah, 19 years but I but I think that I think that and we've heard the old cliche that marriage takes work but I see it so in my life coaching practice I have people who you know they don't sleep they stay up all night they don't exercise they eat a poor diet and they say I feel like crap so I tell them that health and wellness takes work and the same goes for your marriage if you guys are just not going to do anything you're not going to invest in yourselves Right. It's going to fall flat. Absolutely. So marriage takes work just like our health takes work. All good things take work. And I and think that's really important to realize. That's any, a good point. Any relationship yeah, yeah. takes work, even friendships. Friendships can get yes. stale over yeah. years. Great point. And then you go back and you think about like all the crazy things you did, whatever. And then that that nice feeling comes back, you know, the co- uh, the that mm-hmm. you feel close with that person again. The connection. That's right. Right. I want to yeah. hear from you. Have you ever heard the line or have you ever said the line, I love you, but I'm not 
in love with you. Uh, somebody says it simply means you love them as a person, but not necessarily romantically or sexually. Okay, maybe that is in a friendship when someone, it's like unrequited love, you know, one person. Yes, Paris? I agree with that. And on top of it, I think people often forget that loving is a verb. So they think that being in love is the thing to be in when in love goes away, that that feeling is over. The feeling that, that over. everything's over, that yeah. love is over. But if you love someone, loving someone is a verb. It's so action. it requires an action. action. Right. So you can't just be like, I'm not in love with you. Well, then you have to look at yourself and look at what your intent was in the relationship to begin with. If you were right. just in love and relying on a sentiment and not willing to that's love. not love, actually. Yeah. Being in love is really You're about so being smart. in lust. You are smart. Pa- Paris has been so sitting smart. in for me a long time, clearly. <laughs> it's been the one of the greatest, ex- like literally, I think, as a producer of a radio program, if you pay attention to what the whole, somebody like you who actually I hope teaches, you pay attention. No, but it's, you don't just, you're not just a regular host. You're actually imparting information wisdom and information every single night Wait, and I get to true. produce. Dr. <gasps> Paris. Not yet. My father well, would be so proud. <laughs> Paris, in case you've never heard her before, does sit in here for me when I'm uh, when I'm away. So thank you, Paris. Uh, we've got uh, Erica Diamond. You've seen her all over social media and on television, on global TV. And you've heard Dania before, hopefully. And uh, she is one of my close friends and is here. And we're imparting our own I guess, wisdom or thoughts on the issue. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. What the heck does that mean? It is my one pet peeve line. When I hear people say that, I literally cringe, literally cringe. Uh, I'm 50, was married 25 years, and I love my ex, but definitely not in love. Good man, great dad, really crappy uh, husband. Uh, If you love yourself, you don't need to depend on your partner's love, says another person. Another one says it's a question of comfort versus attraction or desire. I still think there's comfort can still come with attraction. Doesn't totally. have to be for sure. fiery desire or for fiery, sure. 100%. right? Yeah. Um, and someone else says, don't forget to mention that Valentine's is for everyone because there are different types of love. Some people commit suicide on Valentine's because of society's wrong impression. Well, I think we put too much on Valentine's Day. So I don't know if you want to add that, yeah, Erica. Yeah, I, I, would, I would like to, to respond to what that person said. So I think love for the for everyone else in your life, your kids, your partner, really stems from self-love. And so I'm a better lover in all sense of the word when I'm when I can work on myself. So when I'm in a bad place, I don't, I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mom. Like I know when I come to the table as a better human to right. my husband when I can work on myself. So I think that makes our passion better. It makes everything better Absolutely. when I'm in a good place. And so I think that's kind of like a, a, a not a secret, but it's it's just my relationship, our relationship is better when we're when we take the time to work on ourselves and then and then the couple. I actually did a TED talk you know, on that where and I And couple first before the kids. I, I uh, yes, I say yes. individual first, yeah. I'm, I'm a wife and then a mother. I mean, I you know Let I'm, me just go to uh to Mark uh, who says I want to hear what he has to say about that. Hey Mark how are you? Good. How are you? Very good. What are your thoughts? Okay, I use that wine. Okay. <laughs> you wimp. <laughs> not a wimp. Not a wimp. Okay, uh, fine. Here's what it is, okay? Yeah. I'll tell the person, you know, like, I love you, but I'm 
not in love with you, okay? Meaning that, you know, like, I'll take a bullet for you and I'll do anything, you know, to help you out at any time, okay? But at this point in the relationship, I am not uh, um, 100% fully committed, okay? Okay. I'm at about I'm at about the eighty percent zone. Okay, but so, so the person should stick around when you say that. You expect them to stick around? Of course I do. Really? Sure. Really? Oh, <laughs> I could tell you that if you said that to me, Mark, I'd be like, "Get out!" I'm like, okay. I'm done with this. What happens wait, if somebody says wait, that to wait, you? Wait a second. Wait a second. Let's be let's be realistic here. If you're with somebody and you're with them for uh, three, four months, and the person asks you. You love me. You can say, well, yeah, I love you, but I don't, I'm not in love with you. I, I don't get that. You know what? Really? Uh, we'll talk about this one, but I don't get that. I really, really don't. Mark, thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it. I just don't. I, just, I really don't. I don't I don't get that line of reasoning, uh, but we'll hear what you have to say as well. But coming up, I also wanted to ask the uh, ladies in studio about uh, regrets having children. McLean's magazine... Uh, posted some article uh, that they say encourages women to regret having children. We'll address that, something that is quite taboo to talk about. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. The Passion View tonight on the program. We have uh, a great cast of characters. We have Erica Diamond here. We have, uh, well, you don't like the characters? characters. (laughs) I like that. Who are we? Yeah, you are. You're a character, Paris (laughs) Mansouri. Should we pick like somebody that maybe you represent? I don't know. Kim Kardashian. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't you see? I could see that. Uh, Paris Mansouri is here. She is a CJD 800 contributor. You hear her here all the time. She fills in for me when I'm not here. Uh, Dania Beznas is here. She's an entrepreneur and uh, has been doing the Passion View for years. And Erica Diamond, new to the Passion View, but hopefully we'll have her on again. She is the founder of WomenOnTheFence.com. You can read her blog. You can see her on uh, Global TV with her lifestyle and parenting uh, segment. She's a speaker and does all kinds of other things. All right, here's an interesting question. It's a taboo subject, though, I have to say, so I'm just putting it out there. McLean's ran an article. It was quite an attention grabber. It was like, I regret having children. This was the feature article, um, and it said, basically, in this article, that a number of Western women publicly report regretting having had children. This is not a bad thing, that it says. In fact, it is a sign of liberation from superannuated gender expectations. The article's takeaway, let's make this thing happen, ladies. Step up to the mic and admit your regret. We'd like to see this trend go viral. There's a few Facebook groups with several thousand members, one of them called I Regret Having Children, which has about 9,000 members. That's not exactly viral, let's just say. So they were trying to get that there. So anyway, I wanted to get uh, your your take on that. But they really do talk about how how taboo it is to even utter those words, right? (laughs) 
Danya? I, I guess it depends when the regret comes because I thought about that because I heard about that article. And I wouldn't say that I regret having children. What I regret is that I the expectations I had. And now that my kids are older and they're independent and one of them lives in Asia and blah, blah, blah. I kind of regret thinking that I said to my husband, can I get a puppy? Cause I have all this love to give and nobody wants it. <laughs> and when you're, you know, you think it's always going to be, Oh, the mom and this, but it's, it's not, they grow up, they live their lives. It's wonderful. Hopefully they're independent, they're self, they sustain whatever. And you're just kind of like, Oh, lunch bag letdown, you know? Like, <laughs> well, you, you know, can't so the, be a mommy too. It's like how, when you no, have a I don't dog, be... they're always a, they're always a puppy, yeah. right? It's almost like you, they're always dependent on you. When you have kids, they grow up, but you have, and they you move still away. have all this love, and that's what grandparenthood, right? Yes, yeah. that's what grandparents. But then there's all restrictions because kids have parents. The, you know, right. the grandchildren have parents, so. Yeah, so I think that was more depends when they regret. Do they regret it when the kids are little? Do they regret it when the kids like I don't know. I don't know. That's a big thing. Why would anybody even say that out loud? Like could you imagine Terrible. broadcasting that on I have Facebook? A who told me oh that. my god. Really? Yeah. Paris, what, what tell me about She's, that? Um, I ha my friends all have children under the age of I would say 14, 15 and down. And one of my friends has two children under the ages of 10 and she's had a terrible uh, situation with her ex-husband and she's like I love my kids and everything and she's like it's really terrible and this was like a night where she was just finally admitting to everything that had happened and she was opening up and she's like it's really terrible to say but I've regretted having kids from year five and mm. at that point it wow. was like year Whoa. 12 and she said not to take anything away but if I could have not had them I wouldn't have had them Wow. It's interesting because I, I, I mean, I can't and imagine she's a life wonderful, without loving right. mother. Like you would have, ne it's one of those situations where it's like, wow, you really don't know what's going on underneath all that. I, Erica, yeah, wow. Um, I can only say, I mean, I consider myself a modern woman. I'm all for sharing and open forums and being modern about sharing, you know, our frustrations. But you have children, you have little kids who are involved who are hearing you say that you That's regret them. That's the scary them. part, right? I mean, well, they're not going to hear that. I, mean, I would never. They well, never if you're publicly, it was. If, if you're but publicly on a, on a, on a, if you're on a Facebook, public chat, yeah. saying, I regret having kids. There's nothing to me more scarring, more damaging, exactly. more hurtful. To hear that, uh, absolutely. And we won't even. This is this is kind of a side note. I won't even say to women who suffer, you know, with with infertility and who are dying to have babies. You know, I guess that's very frustrating for them mm -hmm, to hear mm -hmm. people regretting kids when they would do anything to have a baby. But right. I think that is... Or like telling a child you were a mistake. I think it's horrific. Right. I, it's like telling the child it was they're a mistake. I think it's horrific. Tell your girlfriend that you want to kill them or that you're frustrated <laughs> or that you want to lock them in the closet, but don't say it publicly. And don't tell them, I regret having you. So right. they, She's never you know, told them. It was just no, a moment but where I, she... I think this article is about making it public yeah. like saying it out loud okay. saying it sharing with your friend your frustrations might be one thing saying it publicly yeah. where your kids could have access to that is to Social me media extremely damaging today <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know a lot of millennials and like my daughter's in her 29 whatever that age a lot of the kids they don't want children anymore like that's coming to fruition and they say come on show your power you know at the end mm -hmm. you're like that's happening they don't want children the world is very small today, and they have millions of opportunities, and kids hold you back, right? That's true. You yeah. know a lot of millennials, uh, Paris? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what about you personally? 
<laughs> Do you want to share? Oh, I put her on the spot. Yeah, on I'm the sorry. Spot. No, it's okay. So my ex-husband killed any desire for me to have children. Like I just did not want to procreate. And With I, him? There is, yeah. Okay. And there is nothing that I am more grateful for than not having had children with him. And I knew at that point when I left him that I'm like, I'm kind of like closing that door for myself. And it's like, if that's meant, if I'm never meant to have children, then that's the, I'm going to swallow that. You're pill. good with that. And I'm good with that. But you know, if you never know, there's <laughs> that's still time. okay, but that's there's okay. That's your, that's your personal choice. And yeah. I think that we can pivot and we can change and you may meet the perfect person yes. and say, I want to, I want to be your baby mama. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I things yeah. can change. I've realized they change very quickly. Yeah. And I'm things can change again, very we'll quickly. See. Exactly. We shall see Dr. Lori. We shall see. <laughs> we're, we're all waiting, waiting. I still say that is the meanest thing to say publicly. Yeah, I, agree. I regret having you. That yeah. is just, please don't do that. A couple of texts. If you love your children, all children, you should not have any regrets on having children. Another texter writes, to be a child is to know the fun of living. To have a child is to know the beauty of life by Alan oh. Doan. That's which I think is, is quite beautiful. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about uh, how sleep can affect your relationship. Does your partner snore? Uh, if so, does that keep you up at night? And if so, does that make you irritable? Do I sound irritable? I might be. Uh, that's coming up next on the Passion View. It's sex out loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. The Passion View tonight on the program. Sadly, we uh, got booted off Facebook. I have no idea why. Maybe because we're talking about sex. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. We're having issues with that for some reason. Uh, Erica Diamond is here on our uh, our female panel, our Passion View. You can find her at uh, womenonthefence.com or watch Global TV. Uh, and watch her lifestyle and parenting uh, segment. We've got Dania Beznas, who's an entrepreneur, and Paris Mansouri, who's a regular contributor here on uh, CJD and on Passion. Uh, I love what Mark just wrote. He says, Dr. Lori, for the record, I've been listening to your show for years. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. <laughs> okay. Whoa, maybe, I will take for Paris. I will it take it funny. from you, Mark. <laughs> I will take that. Now I get Okay, so that's what you mean. That's okay. That's the correct way. <laughs> that to is use... the correct way. Yes. Exactly. I appreciate that. Very nice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So anyway, we've been talking about the the regrets of children saying, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. The next thing I want to talk about is how sleep can affect your um, relationship. Obviously, there are studies done of married people uh, who... uh, are you know studied and looked at and they asked about their relationship satisfaction and looked at how um if they had little sleep or not sleep what do you get what is our what could we guess and hypothesize from all of this well if you have not <laughs> enough sleep you're going to have problems in every relationship exactly in your, life. In your whole your life uh, exactly or your significant other yeah up to a third of married people or cohabitating adults report that sleep problems burden their relationships. So, uh, part of that is snoring. Like that comes up when I, that actually comes up in therapy for some people, the (laughs) snoring spouse. Like, what do you do? You don't want to, my husband has a mask. 
he went to get tested and he has sleep apnea. He got a mask and now I My just dad too. hear a light wind and a whistle. <laughs> yeah, that bro- that drives me crazy too, by the way. That whistling Man. drives me nuts. My, my dad too, he lies in bed. He goes, am I just a hunk of burning love? Or yeah. What, with the yeah. nozzle coming yeah. out. Yeah. I look at my mother, I'm like, Ma, it's, just, it's so romantic in I here. Call I call my husband Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like. I feel like I'm sleeping with Darth Vader. So at least when he wears the mask. But what if your partner refuses to wear a mask and they're still snoring? No, he's a and jerk keeping anyway, you up all night. <laughs> like, but it's why... not always a he. There's a lot of she's yeah. that, that have plus? the same snoring well, problems. Your I think right. that's why the royals have it right and they um, sleep in separate quarters. Yes. Well, you know that uh, according to research done by the Builders Associations, that a quarter of new homes being built are being built with two master suites. What? Yep. Two master suites. Wouldn't you love your own suite? I yes. My own and bathroom, my own bathroom. Please. My own bathroom. And then you could have suite? visitations. That's right. So <laughs> this is the thing. This is my theory. My theory is this, that you can have separate rooms and you to get a good night's sleep because God knows when you're upset at your partner because they're keeping you up all night, you're irritable and you want to smother them with the pillow course you're not you're never going to do that but I'm just saying that sensation of of no not recommended you get irritable and that that's not good that's not good for the relationship so but if you sleep separately and then make dates like tuck each other in make your dates for sex have all of that other intimacy what's the problem why do we have this notion that we have to sleep together I don't know and even even if you fall asleep together, he, he or she starts snoring, you have a place to go. You, you can have a place to but go, exactly. You can still exactly. fall asleep snuggling or something. And yes, but or, and also people, often people don't go to bed at the same time. So you Correct. can, uh, people who have different, are on different schedules, you can have Correct. a night owl and an early riser. And I always say, or early bird, and I always say, tuck the other one in. Like, just Absolutely. go, spend some time. Yeah, so for sure. For sure. Well, I mean, my husband and I, I, I could get into bed at six o'clock at night and never get out. Like I can watch TV in bed. I can eat dinner. In bed, oh, I Erica. Everything in bed. And my husband likes to, you know, watch TV in the den. So if, you know, if we're home, he's like, come watch TV with me. And I'm like, come in the bed and, and we'll watch TV. And so, but, and but like, no, I'm not leaving my bed. I usually win. He usually comes into the bed because I'm too tired to get out of bed. I mean, I, my, my head hits the pillow at nine 30. I'm out. Oh, um, you're I'm up a good with us. Sleeper. Look at that. It's I know it's, it's past my bedtime, but that's why, you know, everything's so good because we sleep so well. No, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're getting our sleep. It. So we're not irritable. So we're, but, but you, de- I agree with you, Dr. Lori, you got to tuck your partner in. You got to get into bed together. I think well, some important. of us can't get. Yes, you got to get in. You can get in and out. You if, can get in and then leave. If you're physically in the same space in the same apartment, home space for the for the couple, I think that's important to to you know communicate and create intimacy before like get it together. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I just think that there's this idea that uh, it's weird if if a married couple doesn't sleep in the same bed, and yet it can keep couples together to sleep separately so you have to know what's good for you conditioning start with the sleeping together i don't know when did when did we learn that that's what you're saying well i'm sure you know the marital bed the whatever biblically i don't know like i mean it's been around forever right however king-size beds haven't been around forever no 
when you think about it, if you think about it, couples have been moving further apart in the in bed, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like I mean, you need your space. We yeah. ha- I mean, we have a guest room upstairs. We just moved last year, and um, we have a guest room. There's been the odd night. I mean, my husband, thank goodness, is not a snore, but when he has a cold, sometimes he, he goes does. there. As no, I, if you he's snoring, the I mean, the odd time if he's sick, I'll go into the guest room. Right, but. But we neither one of us want to like sleep separately, separate beds, separate quarters. We we want to sleep together. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ideally, old fashioned and a perfect. I mean, we want to stay together. Ideally, that's the ideal. Right. You, I, it's nice to have your yeah. partner next to you. Yeah, it's all nice. For sure. But that over uh, getting a good night's sleep, <laughs> I'm picking. Yeah, I'm picking the good night's sleep when I know I have to work the next sixteen hours. I need my sleep. I agree. Like this is to me you know, far more important. Then Someone, that's a pass. And that should be a pass. You should get X amount of passes in a month. <laughs> Today's the long day. It's your pass. I love tonight. this person. It's two master bedrooms, a great idea. One girly room and one manly room. You decorate it how you want it. How many guys complain? Our room is too pink. My husband says, too much red in this room. <laughs> yeah, man like, cave. Yeah, they have their man cave and that's okay. Paris, you have any uh, thoughts on this? <laughs> um, I know that... Like I had spoken to an older lady about this and her, they're in their 70s. And she, I asked her because I went over to their place and her husband was taking an afternoon nap and he was upstairs. We were downstairs and I could hear him snoring. All the way and, from downstairs. And she's like, isn't that charming? <laughs> and I was like, charming. <laughs> Define charming. That's right. And so she was like, you know, it just lets me know he's still alive and I'm totally okay with oh, it. Oh, gee, that's like, great. Aww. That's so sweet. <laughs> well, you know, my par- I remember my parents when we got uh, a king-size bed, my mother couldn't understand. She goes, what? You, don't you sleep, like, just connected? Don't you have to touch? Like, my parents were telling me, we have to touch. Like, they were sleeping in a double bed. A double bed. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you sleep in, in a, a double, double bed? bed? No. And they couldn't figure out how we got a king-size bed. Like, yeah. they couldn't figure that out. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, interesting. But anyhow, interesting conversation, as always. Loved having you all here. Erica, where can people get in touch with you? They can come to my blog at womenonthefence.com or my website, erica-diamond.com. Or I'm on social media, and I love connecting with people. Yeah, so just you do. tweet me or Facebook <laughs> me or just call my name. You just do that well. <laughs> what kind of articles are on Women on the Fence? So we have every section from career, health, sexuality, um, marriage, parenting, all the different topics that, you know, the modern woman is talking about. And we do it pretty candidly and pretty honestly. Mm. And we we go there. And you have an (laughs) event coming up. Yes. In May, Mm -hmm. Media Women Montreal. And uh, tickets are on our Facebook page. So Media Women Montreal. And it's going to be three panels of TV people, producers and editors, and then social media and PR people. So you can learn how to promote your business, pitch your business to the media, aspiring journalists. It's for anyone who wants to brush up with fabulous yeah it's gonna be great dania beznos entrepreneur if you want people to find you apple and pear design.com and paris mansuri of course hi at paris mansuri on twitter (laughs) instagram and facebook or right here on the show whenever you'll have me that's right you know i'll have you anytime uh, that's it for me. I can be found at uh, Dr. Lori Betito, B-E-T-I-T-O, or my website, drlori.com. Don't forget you can send me your questions anytime. And uh, certainly don't forget about Thursday. We celebrate Valentine's Day together. I will be 
your partner that night. And tomorrow evening, if you're interested, there uh, hopefully the uh, weather won't keep us away, but uh, sex education for uh, kids, elementary school age. I'm talking about that, giving a workshop at Merton School. That's tomorrow evening at 7 uh, p.m. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to our technical producer, Brian Kalisar. Uh, coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Yeah.